with over 6,500 podcasts coming out this year, few of them give a full recap of Bar Rescue episodes, which is why the Shut It Down Bar Rescue Recap Podcast won't be another statistic. Jim Search, Catherine Williams, and Max Cohen from the Shut It Down Podcast, a show dedicated to sitting down, opening the books, and unpacking the emotional roller coaster that is Bar Rescue. It is episode nine of the Shut It Down uh, Bar Rescue Recap Show. Uh, you know, we're kind of uh, we're in a rush. I don't want to say a rush. I don't want to rush you guys no, through you, this. You don't rush Taffer. No, 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 no. You, never you rush unpack the this. You you make sure we break down every nuance of this episode because um, we do have we we have to talk about this. There's uh, a lot of nuance to discuss. Basically, when he Jim means the great Jim Search, who is intro in this show, yeah, means we're in a rush. We just didn't have time for all the pre-show formalities of hanging around, gossiping, mm-hmm. and kibitzing. Uh, and and ballyhooing. <laughs> yes, uh, no ballyhooing today, which is sad. But this is yeah. Insane, but right? you know what? Sometimes you know the biz. This is a biz, man. Uh, I'm Jim Search, and you can find me at jimsearchcomedy.com, and also you can go on the Twitter and find me at Jim Search. And also, if you're looking up the Shut It Down team, you can email us at Shut It Down Recap Show. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I fucked that up. Uh, shut it down podcast at gmail.com. Sorry about that. Shut it down podcast at gmail.com. And our Twitter is at shut it down recap. Sorry about that. Now, we are down one this week. Uh, Catherine is not Great here. Catherine Williams. As I point to the chair where she sits, where she's not. So that should show you. It's like it's like the spot for Elijah at the Passover Seder. Like, <laughs> one day, this is where Catherine will sit and join Catherine us. Catherine will come join uh, us. And she, the world will be okay. And she'll, she'll, be, uh, she'll be back to tell, to tell me how ugly all the women are on the show. Which, too Cause, bad, because this episode would have thwarted her plans. I believe most yeah. of the women on this episode. Mm-hmm. Mostly just Gazelle. Gazelle <laughs> made up for the last few episodes. Yeah. Uh, well, of less than great looking women. You know me, man. I'm, uh, if the wife's hot or the bartender or the bar owner, I'm on board. If she's ugly, then you should fail. Um, count if it's a hot bartender? Uh, well, it depends if she's a shitty person. I mean, no, I'm not looking for a total package. I'll take like an outer coating of shit, but not like shitty to the core. Like mm-hmm. that one episode where the gold digging... Uh, ex-wife of the guy yeah like she was a fucking monster fuck her she wasn't shit um but we didn't even figure out who you were sir <laughs> that's right the mysterious uh voice over here i'm max cohen uh, you can find me on twitter and facebook at this is max cohen that's right that's right you I can do it. uh not to be confused with this is max which is a female vlogger dj who's mm. apparently about to interview Demi Lovato, and she's getting tweeted at for questions to ask Demi Lovato. Are you getting... And I keep getting tagged by mistake, like, why don't you ask Demi Lovato this? And, and I'm like, I will take that into advisement. <laughs> <laughs> Should I ever run into this woman, I definitely Should will Should I ever to get a chance to interview Demi Lovato, I will take your Spanish qu- language question under advisement, <laughs> given how <laughs> crappy my Spanish is. Uh, I mean, well, if your impression of John is that bad, I can only imagine the Spanish. Uh, I misheard you. I thought you said great. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you just said spot on impression of John Taffer. I did. Uh, you're right. Uh, I totally fucked that up. You're, yeah. You, I misspoke. Clearly, that's, that's exactly two strikes, Jimmy. <laughs> third one. Yeah, one I know. One. Third one. We're gonna have to shut this podcast down. <laughs> no, not before it takes <laughs> off. No. All right. 
Let's uh, let's right. do this shit. Shall we get into the nonsense? Yeah, let's talk about this one, man. Uh, this episode uh, called uh, entitled "Broke Down Palace" because it was just that. It was so broke and so down and down and not a palace. Um, although, uh, well, we do I do we do have that text message from what's her name, Catherine. I'm like, what's her name? Um, where she did make contact, which is nice. Yes, uh, in my and my post watching recon, I saw her reach out. Yeah, yeah, uh, good. Which we'll get to the the recap and the postscript. Uh, yeah, well, but Catherine is now taking full charge of this research mission. Yeah, right? and that's and that this, you know to be honest, this episode, you know, we're not gonna uh, get the full because I can never rival her ability to uh, break down these places uh, because they already broke down, like the broke oh. down palace. Hey. Uh, so yeah, the place is called the Palace, and it's in Upward Cali. I totally can't read my handwriting. Uh, it's somewhere in California, and the in 2013, these two lovely gentlemen, Sam and Gazi, decided to buy a bar. And they are brothers-in-law. They are they are that of in-laws. So you can only imagine the ah, da, 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 that sort of shit happening. That's so racist. That to me. Middle Eastern impression is as great <laughs> as, as my John Taffer impression. Well played. I'll give you that round. Next one, you won't be so lucky. Uh, <laughs> so neither of them know shit about the bar game at all. Uh, in fact, so much so that Ghazi just gives the bar away because he's under this impression, and this is like well thought out, according to him. Like he really unpacked this. It's a pretty this. brilliant plan if you give it no thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that plan is amazing if you're dumb. <laughs> right. Like so, Ghazi's plan Ghazi's, is to give all yeah. the drinks for free and slowly start stop giving them as much free stuff and eventually they will pay for their drinks because as you all know when you give the milk the you know the cow for free everyone wants it yeah and then no one ever has any problem with you uh upping prices upping the price when it's been given to you for free right right so terrible drink plan also terrible food plan he has peanuts out and he is like the he doesn't have, for moroccan dudes they have no concept of what <laughs> moroccan food is which we soon see when uh penny comes on the scene who is our uh restaurateur and she's like specializes in moroccan yeah. dishes and she's like what the fuck is this so uh uh so two years of this fuckery has gone by and believe it or not, I know this may come as a shock, Max, and to you listeners at home, that or in the car, wherever you are, that um, after about two years or so of uh, Ghazi basically giving away the bar, uh, they're $650,000 in debt. Who'd have thought? Don't even need bartender for this when you have <laughs> someone actively admitting I'm giving away all the bar. No Correct. To, you know, you know follow how much is being given away you don't have to weigh a single bottle we know exactly where the culprit is they're losing 10 g's a month and uh it's it's a complete disaster uh so also can we talk about how what a disaster the building looks like <laughs> yeah yeah it's it, not even a moroccan style place it looks like a sad florida condo that a bunch of grandparents would move into because their kids don't love them enough to put them into a good condo. Correct. That that would be an accurate description of this place. And by no means would it even be considered a Moroccan place. Like, it's not even close. And inside, they have, like, 
murals and it looks like a function hall they're just like long <laughs> it's cafeteria style tables you know they have tablecloths they're not total monsters it's it <laughs> just it seems as though they were like you know what let's just take an overarching picture of what we think the middle east is and just lump all that shit together yeah you know what i mean like it'd be like if you just had like i want to have a asian restaurant and you just threw like Japan, China, Korea, South Korea. Like if you just threw all that yeah. into a room, and you're like, "Up, oh, we're in Asia." You'd right, be like, a nice well, bimbap sushi menu. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, it'd be just dim sum and lo mein. Let's do it, right? So uh, we then cut to the car outside as we do our as always mm-hmm. we're doing our uh our recon or we're leading up to our recon so we're sco- scoping the place out that's when we meet our good friend mia tall mia tall mia you find her at tall mia god bless you tall mia uh she uh and again you know just another familiar face of the show uh a good friend of john's good friend in in real life yeah uh, in real life be at this point yeah at this point like we read it we can read through who's a real good friend and who's not a real good friend mm-hmm. you know what i mean uh so we've got her to school uh school our wayward staff on alcohol and then we have penny davidi who is our restaurateur and she specializes in Moroccan dish. And suffice to say, she is not impressed with the fact that there are peanuts out, which have nothing to do with Morocco at all. Yeah, it's all horrible. So uh, then, while they're, while they're in the car, they cut to, again, their always brilliant blueprint explanation mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. For, this, for the wayward Spike TV uh, viewer who does not know North African geography, they do a nice little cut to where Morocco is and a little brief background on its culture and history. Yes. On its great placement right by the Atlantic and Mediterranean. So a hub, just a hub of culture. Yes. Right? Hub of culture and decadence. Now, I'm sure some of you may be saying to yourself, well, gee, Jim, Max, and asterisk Catherine. Why did they pick this Moroccan-style bar restaurant to go into? Oh, that'd be a very good question. Hmm. Why? Why, oh, why? Well, listeners, this episode came on an 8 instead of its normal 9 because Tut was going to be on at 9 o'clock. So, in true product placement style... uh. The good folks at Bar Rescue. And I, you know what, though? Before the show, I was giving John shit about this. But let's be real. John has no say in this. Like, if the execs at Spike were to like, all right, really want to pump this show, uh, go find a Moroccan bar. Like, what's he going to say? No? Yeah, it's actually, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty stealthy and well-played uh, advertising maneuver. Because we all know how many people fast-forward through commercials, skip them, cut mm. to their phone during commercials so what better way to get product advertisement than in the preceding show during the actual show time right without having the annoying like banner ad that fox loves to do right right uh so actually it's it's pretty diabolical yeah i mean it is you know it's mashing up the medicine and the food basically yeah like well how do we you know how do you get me to watch now i didn't watch todd i'll be honest with you oh i, I did not either i, I want nothing I to do with not it. for it I mean, at first, you know, my initial revulsion, I'm just like, God damn it, John, why did you do this? I'm, I'm protesting this other show that you're trying to get me to watch. I only watch this show. Though, actually, 
Right, so I give them credit for putting the actors in and saying, my good friends from the upcoming miniseries, <laughs> yeah. Todd. Well Alex played. and Ido. What I didn't like, though, was the five-minute interlude of the background of the making of Tut and what's going on. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is not a bar rescue if you're rescuing Tut. <laughs> this Correct. Is, this is not ancient Egyptian pharaoh rescue. No, this is not. This is a. This is two. These are brother-in-laws who are on the risk of losing their goddamn bar, and John needs to come in. Bust open the books and take a look and yeah. figure out what's going on. That's what I'm here for. Listen, we had recon teams of the creators of At Midnight. They didn't go into a five-minute expose of what At Midnight was. We just no, said, they right, did great, not. Check out their show, At Midnight. Go do it. Go look at it. So These are the actors from Tut. Go check it out. Instead, we have Alex and Ito, who were on the show, who you know lived in Morocco for six months. For six months, which shoot, that's a that's a long shoot. And well, that'd be fucking dope if you got to spend six mm-hmm. months in Morocco. But uh, nonetheless, I mean, it wasn't like they were like able to hang out. Like you're working like sixteen hour days. You know what I mean? Well, I guess it depends on the work. They're ac- they're actors. There are there's enough time to hang out. Yeah, they they're probably taking down Moroccan waitresses too at a time. By the way, also it- Ido's name Ido Goldberg. Is that Ido a Goldberg. British Jew? That might be. I listen. I'm not ashamed to admit a little kosher gay. <laughs> I felt I, yeah, was, yeah. he was a handsome M- fellow. MCF Man Crush Monday was what? that your MCM? Are we are we starting that? Is that a real thing? That's a real thing. M- really? Hashtag MCM. Okay. Man Crush Mondays. Uh, WCW's Woman Crush Wednesdays. That I'm aware of. Yeah, and you know TBT is throwback. All right. Anyway, All right. we we but digressed. Anyways, Ido Goldberg. Uh, is a is you a can Jew take that me to Shoal? Is that weird? No, man. Look, you're comfortable enough to say it, and you know what? You like the dude, so more power to you. Yeah. You know, just you know, if you gotta tell your wife, just I guess she'll hear it through the podcast. I don't know. Uh, I think she knows. She's aware. <laughs> <laughs> As you watch the show, and you're like, "Damn, he's hot!" <laughs> yeah. And she's like, "What?" He's like, "Well, that lasted long." Well, there's that. Um, so then they do the, the plug for Spike or tut plug for Spike. And then we meet the bartenders. There's Lily and then there's Louvet, the server. What a weird name. Louvet. Yeah. Louvet and Gazelle. And Gazelle. 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 Cause, cause Gazelle is like the Middle Eastern, like that's like friend. Like that's a, but um, like amigo in Spanish. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and so we, we briefly, we, we, we meet them so we can see what their fuckery is. And then, uh, we, we're, we're, lo- we're looking at the bar and as, uh, Penny said, not Moroccan at all. Uh, nothing about it was Moroccan. Uh, again, the peanuts there, there was no reason yeah. for that. And also a very large performance area. Yeah. Which in my mind is like, let's do a comedy show at the palace. <laughs> let's start this. Yeah. I'll look, you know, we may be able to get more people in there than they have currently. So Good. there's that. And they're also doing hookah. They were doing hookah. Which, as we know from uh, some previous episodes, you have to be very careful with the hookah bar. You have to make sure there's the market for it and yep. that people are going to come out for it. Because if it's you, not, you got to scrap it. You got to let it go, man. Even if it's your love, even if you have Oasis tattooed on the inside of your fucking bicep. That was the one. That was the one. And, you know, really tried to do a hookah bar in the middle of a college frat, which they're like, fuck you, no way. You got to um, do what the, biz- the market necessitates, not what you want. Correct. Uh, so, you know, then um, we have like 
a couple people in the restaurant and then these chicks come out and start dancing yes. and they're wearing led lights and no one's quite sure why the lights are going on and to clarify if you haven't seen the episode yet which of course you should you should have spike tv you should have these are awkward belly dancers and they come out with like wings t- yeah like between their le- that are you know um fluttering out from between their leg and attached to their arm and there are led lights throughout making them look like a weird like neon butterfly yeah which again, again not moroccan n- there's no uh neon butterflies don't exist anywhere they just don't there's no, no such thing um especially in morocco uh which again it just makes me think of like what we're sam and gazi thinking there's like we need to uh, get the girls and then they brought girls and then they had them wear the shit and they're like all right this will definitely get people in not at all. No. Uh, so, um, uh, turns out now we're uh, we're doing some more recon. Uh, Gazi just gets drunk with his yep. friends, and nobody gets served. And then he had, he walks by a random patron and says, "Do you want a beer?" And the guy says, "No." And Gazi says, "All right, I'll get you a beer." <laughs> because uh, we all know. They're very good listeners. Sometimes when a customer says no, they really mean yes. And the customer is always wrong in this instance. So, uh, and but got like they just Gazi and his boys just get drunk. They don't serve any of the customers. No. Like there that's that's just how you fuck that up. And then we get to the actors going in uh, as recon and they're waiting what seems to be like a long time to get served and seated and menus. Yeah, man. A big mess. And they order the tahini, or they tell him to order the tahini, and then it fucks up. It just gets weird for them. Uh, right, John says to order the tagine, which oh, is yeah, the sorry, the tagine. That's what I, I mispronounced that. Uh, although know. the tahini also looked off, everything looked off there. Tahini is a dish. You're yeah, correct about that. But, but they order the tagine, and Louis says, I don't know what a tagine is. And that's when Penny then goes, well, what the fuck? How are you Moroccan and not know what tagine is? That's like, how are you American and you don't know what intolerance is? Yeah. Like that. So like, how do you not know what that's about? Um, so then that's when we cut to the kitchen and it's just cross-contamination all day. That's what I, and that's John's big no-no. That's what really puts him not, over the man. immediately. Hot button. Hot, hot button. It's a hot button issue for John. Mm, you want to get him going? Just, uh, you know, cut some ki- cut some chicken on a cutting board and put some tomatoes on it. And then keep an ill-kept cutting board that's yeah. not washed with lots of cuts and grooves. Yep, oh, where all sorts of bacteria can hide because you definitely want to get sick as fuck, right? Yep. Um, then they find hair. Food. Yeah, that's a new one. <laughs> that's new. <laughs> <laughs> just when I thought I've seen all of the horrible kitchen tricks they could throw, they throw hair in the mix. Let's just, yeah, you should definitely eat this hair. And now John's had enough. Yeah. You know, and that's when John has a talk, and it doesn't it doesn't go well at all. No. Uh, there's a great line during the uh, the the initial fight between him and Ghazi where Ghazi's like. Listen, we're supposed to lose twenty thousand a month, so I try to minimize that. Keep that to five or ten thousand a month, and I'm like, no, that no. is no. You minimize that by actually making money. You minimize yeah. that by not losing money at all. 
I think he took like that idea of like the first, you know, I say like the first five years you operated a loss. There's like this conception, there's misconception rather that like businesses just are supposed to fail or not do well in the beginning and then eventually. But like I'd heard that from before, but I always figure that's because you spend so much of that early money paying off mortgages, debts, yeah, credit to take that off. It's not operating at a loss because you have a crappy business plan. Right. Well, he just thinks, well, you know, let me just have a crappy business plan so I can blame it on um, the just the shittery. Now, that's when uh, we find out that Ghazi's giving away ten grand, right? And I, just the look on John's face when he's just like, "How? How are you guys afloat?" Yeah. It does like. You should have lost a long time ago. What I like, though, is that Ghazi always calls him Mr. John. Mr. John, yes. Mr. John, which is uh, surprisingly respectful in a non-respectful tone of voice. Yeah, yeah it's it nice. It's one of those things where, like, I think they they try, like, they want to revere him, but, like, they just don't because they're, they're, they're well, they're set in their way. Like, Ghazi, as a Middle Eastern dude, already knows all the answers like you are hard-pressed to tell a middle eastern dude anything especially about their business or especially about their craft they will listen to none of it so again john coming and trying to tell him what to do uh doesn't work out so well yeah because gazi's drunk like he's hammered that's when um that's when john's like you're drunk you're drunk right now and it doesn't doesn't go well um so that's when, of course, John's like, uh, oh, we're, we're, I can't do this. We're going to go have a meeting. And yeah. next day, like, we're just, he's like, fuck this. I'm out. And then even the next day, Catherine, I'm sure, noticed this. And I'm, I'm shouting this out on behalf of Catherine. They're wearing the same shirts. Yes. I was about to say, Gazi has been there all night. Gazi and uh, Sam, right? Sam's yep. the other one. Mm-hmm. Even John is confused going, you can't even change shirts. <laughs> like, normally he tries to look over that like <laughs> continuity error, but he was just like, nah, fuck this. Uh, yeah. You guys didn't decide to at least put in that effort to, you know, fucking dial it up a little bit? Nope. Um, so uh, they have their meeting, and of course, John's like, well, Gazi, you're an idiot. Sam, you're an idiot, too. And Gazi's the bigger idiot. Yeah, Gazi's the bigger idiot. Sam at least understands that you just shouldn't be giving away the booze. Yeah. So Sam is not having any great ideas. He's not salvaging it, but at least he knows it's going poorly. And he's at least not having bad ideas. (laughs) Like, he's doing inaction, which I think is malleable, and you can work with that. Yeah. But just this, like... Come on, what? You give away all the money. No, that's not going to fly. To the point where John actually walks out because Ghazi refuses to acknowledge any wrong and they talk outside of the palace. And then, I hate to say these people, but these, it's always, a, <laughs> with these people, it's always a negotiation. John refuses to go back in unless Ghazi admits it's his fault. Right. And Ghazi, Ghazi in the negotiation says a great line. Okay, I'll say it's my fault. But also a little bit Sam's fault. Mm, yeah. I get to say it's my fault and Sam's fault. And John's like, no, your fault. Yeah. And Gazi's is like, but also Sam's, no? No. No. Not, in this case, not also Sam. He, John, and this is, John is like the Ulysses S. Grant 
unconditional surrender. Yeah. <laughs> I want, there's no concession. You don't get to keep two slaves. No. No. <laughs> You're done. What about one? Nope. No. You fucked up. You. What if I don't call them a slave? Nope. Well, uh, we'll figure that out with reconstruction. But okay, yeah. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> On the front end, no. So John just cuts them off at the knee. And yeah, Gazi has to tell Johnny fucked up. And he finally does it. He but mi- still in the great negotiation doublespeak, I thought it's work. I think this is working, but it's not working. I think my plan is working. I think it's a good idea, but it's not a good idea. Like Yeah. Total like yeah, double speak just, you know, I I I I want this to work and it's not working. Yeah. Well, then we need to fucking fix it. Like right. what half of that statement is wrong. You need to pick one. Yeah. So let's let's try and get there, right? So uh so John has them cross train. Like is has Sam learn Gazi's part and Gazi yeah. has to learn which Sam. Good idea. Which you should. You totally like. You should know what the other hand's doing because absolutely. What happens if Gazi is hungover and can't come right. in? Right. What if he's too drunk? Yeah, because that's a that's a problem. What right? if Sam has been wearing the same shirt for so long he smells so bad and he can't come in the door? <laughs> he needs to be able to pick up the slack. You got it. We got to figure out where to meet, right? Uh, so and, uh, dur- and during the training, uh, Mia takes them behind the bar, and right. we learn about wash lines. Yeah, which I never learned before. Wash line, which again they should have had a blueprint diagram on this. They should have done it. Uh, wash line is the amount of distance between the top of the glass and where the liquor is. Right. And their wash lines are all over the place. Inconsistent pores, man. That's that's what's killing them. Yeah, and strainers. No one knows what a strainer is. Everyone's throwing ice into the martini glass, which is a horror. Can't do that. You're not. You're not supposed to do that. Uh, so then Penny then takes their food and turns it up and makes it into a masterful dish. Like a lot of that stuff, I would get into. By the way, I not to quibble too much, but I don't consider that a masterful dish. I consider olives and hummus and pita to be like a very basic fare. Right. That's that is what standard Moroccan. North African, Middle Eastern cuisine is like you have olives and you have some hummus and you have you know oils and spices, like that is expected appetizer fare. So you're so you're just giving it like this is your you expect like yeah like this is your yes like you need this this is bare minimum right that, is, doing the, bare that minimum. is the first step to being able to call yourself a mediterranean a moroccan restaurant but yes it is quality you know you, it's all in the selection of the olives and the olive oils and the you know spices and I'm which sure she's picked epic ones yeah i was gonna say like given like penny's uh uh i guess dedication to moroccan food i'm sure that shit was banging yes like I mean, now when I say masterful, I don't mean as though like it's shooting fireworks out of it. I'm saying that that food would taste really fucking yes. good. Like she knows Moroccan food. She knows the olives. She knows hummus. Like it's better than the hummus you'd buy at the Met Food. Yeah. Like I'm mm-hmm. willing to bet that. 100%. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, so they have a lot, a lot of work to do with this. Uh, and this is interesting. I have this down. Um. They had to start with remodeling now instead of doing the stress test first. Yes. Which, Th- I mean. There's so much to do. They couldn't wait. <laughs> and it, the place was just fucked up. Like, it's there was so much space that they had to work with, I'm presuming. Yeah. Uh, so, um, 
then they do their stress test, which, you, to be honest with you, I don't think that it's, I mean, now obviously logistics, if they have to do it this way, they do it this way, but they're going to fuck up because like, no one ever aces a stress test. Like, right. basically just to see how shitty you are at what right. you're doing. Like, <laughs> let's gauge how terrible you are at right. your job. You're not really meant to overcome and do great things during the stress no, test. No, I would love to see, like, an outtake where, like, they totally trick John and they just crush it, <laughs> you know, and they're just like, you know, ticket times are like eight minutes consistently. Right. All the pours are on. Like, who hasn't gotten a drink? And Everyone's just like, yeah, no, we're, we're fine, we're man. Uh, I got my drink. I'm totally cool. That would be and, spectacular. And for him to be like, I, I don't know. I've never seen John. I, w- I don't know if I've ever or if it's even possible to see John bested and just be like, oh, yeah. you got me dead to rights. You know what? That would be a great. Listen up, Spike TV, a great April Fool's episode. Mm. Get it on or around April 1st. Just have a team bang it. Like, or just have like a, like a, if Punked was still around, you know, yeah. like have John come in and he's just like, get that, get this shit together. And then they totally trick him. That'd be hilarious. Not for him though. Cause I don't, well, I don't know. That's yeah. a, You know what? Taffer has a good sense of humor <laughs> about things. I think he'd be like, listen. You know what? No, no, but he doesn't like his time wasted. Yeah, you're wasting time. Mm. You would be wasting his time. There'd be another bar out there that could use his help that's not getting his help. So that would that would end poorly, I think. He would and then it just it it'd also be kinda like taking his craft as a joke. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if he was if there were to be like, Oh, let's fool John and All right, so Spike T V, if you're listening, scratch that idea. Don't prank John Taffer. No, don't don't fuck with him. Well, like you can that. prank him, but don't prank with him with a non-needed bar rest. Yeah, put a whoopee cushion down. He might be okay with that, yeah. but don't have him invest like his manpower to fooling him. I'm glad we sorted this prank out. Yeah, we, we I'm glad I'm glad we we got that taken care of. Uh, but what I was gonna say was, I it's kind of unfair, I think. I mean, to to really fully judge them because they're in a foreign bar. Like, they don't know shit about this bar. And even by foreign bar standards, foreign bar, they take them back to the Stein House, which yes. is a great bar rescue episode designed like a castle. So which, it's super weird looking if you're already not used to a new place. Yeah, so that's that's kind of not cool. But then they talk to the homeboy who ran the place, and he's just like, oh, yeah, John and I had it out at first, but converted him. Yeah, Team John. He is on Team Mother. Now a believer. He is, and he, they made him a believer. So uh, they do the offsite stress test. It goes fucking terribly. They uh, burn pita. They burn pita. Yes. People are like wrapping the pita against the bar table. Yeah. Everyone is confused how you ruin pita bread. That's a very difficult thing to to do. Uh, and it's stale. It's stale ass yeah. pita. Like you can't. You, we, we just can't do that, right? So, of course, there's overpours all over the place. We're not sure what goes where. and Same drinks are going in different glasses. No one knows if it's a shooter or a rocks glass. This is not this is not going to fly. Mia, so Mia calls it the most amateur bar ever. Ooh. It was, this was the first time I've seen Mia get really rattled during a stress test. She gets yeah, really upset. She's usually pretty... I don't want to say that she's always calm like she'll get agitated and be like but she'll never be like fuck like it's not john's approach it's no and it's very not his st- approach he wants to work with the people and get them on their game so that you know that 
comes out during a stress test where everyone's stressed, but Mia really seems to lose <laughs> it. She goes, stop grabbing the bottle by the base. Everyone's grabbing it by the base instead of the neck of the bottle. Yes, to. I have that. That uh, This broad just can't hold the top of the bottle. Yeah. Like, and I think it is so weird because John really went zero to 60 on it because like, well, yeah, relatively speaking, but he's like, you know, you've got to, Mia's like, hey, you know, if you hold the top, you'll have control over the poor and you'll, you know, all that logistical shit yeah and then john finally says like if you can't hold the top of the bottle you're fired like you're fucking fired yeah hold and like truth be told not an unreasonable request yeah just hold the top of the bottle that's it not not asking you to come up with a new drink on the spot like i'm not asking i'm just asking you're not even asking to get poor straight this is just (laughs) hold, hold it properly just nope. hold on to the top of the and fucking bottle. And Mia ends up sending her home. I've never seen this happen, where Mia says, that's it, go home, Get are done. Get and out. we never see her again. Well, she was then murdered. That's yes. the only thing I could think of, right? So, uh, John sits down with the bros, and he's like, what are we going to do? Oh, sorry, if we can back up. This yeah. is when, uh, once he sends the bar the bartender home he says shut it the hell down which is the first shut it down with a swear we've heard in quite some time Mm. john was really frazzled by this well it's how could you not be man i'm not saying that he shouldn't not not be but it's just like total agreement i mean sam and gazi we we didn't talk about sam and gazi switching roles and then going back to their normal roles and still fighting oh yeah well that was the other yeah we totally missed that this was a big this was a really epic stress fail uh Gazi was like, "You're not ta- you talking to customers. You touch tables. You talk like, are you talking to anybody?" And Sam's fucking worried as shit. He's like, "No, you're. This place is on fire. Like, fuck. I'm not talking to anybody." And of course, Gazi's like, "But you have to talk." Like, he's totally. I get the impression that he feels like he could use car salesman his way through this and yep. just schmooze everyone, and then it'll be okay. He, I'm well. I don't know. Okay, but that is a front of house manager's job is to schmooze the clients and make sure they're having a good time. And from what the editing showed us, Sam was just bringing dishes back. He was just running dishes. Oh yeah. No, he wasn't. It's not that he wasn't not, I'm not, well, Sam was not doing Gazi's job when he was supposed to be, but that's not the only job. Right. Yeah. And it's only one piece of the puzzle. Like I can't schmooze over a monumental lapse of operation. Like, yeah, if this place doesn't work, I can't be like, hey, right, drink on me. I can't go out there being like, so how do you like that burnt pita? Yeah. Meh? Meh? Want some more burnt pita? Because I've got more burnt pita in the back <laughs> if you want burnt pita. So uh, so then uh, tagine, right? That's the food that they should know. Yeah. we That rice with spices, sauces, meat. Delicious combination. Yeah. And it's all like sharing plates and all that good stuff and... Uh, so then we get, uh, well, that was Penny's just like, okay, let's just start there. Like, can we just at least agree to that? Um, then we, we, we get into the drinks and we have the Pomagazi. Yes. And Although no drink porn. Yeah. No. This time, as Catherine had been pointing out. Yeah. Um, in the, just as a fast forward, um, the next, uh, episode, th- there will be a lot of drink porn. Oh, great. Terrific. So good. You know, in case you're worried. Um, so the Pomagazi is their signature drink, and then we get the uh, fig and honey sour, Looks which so good. It that looked pretty dope, man. Um, I will certainly admit that. Um, 
that's uh so those are those are our two our two outlining drinks two big drinks and mia also says we are introducing jiggers and strainers as this is also like how did they not have them before and how did you not think to add them before all this it's we're doing jiggers so you can properly pour and then they're probably like oh oh so that's gonna help with the wash lines <laughs> so you mean to tell me in this jigger right here one side is four ounces for example and the other side is two and if i just pour into the two ounce and then i pour it into the drink it'll be two ounces of <gasps> alcohol magic i don't uh I, I wanna i wanna figure that out this is uh, devil worship going on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's I, I don't believe any of this uh so they so they introduce they have the 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 new that new concept and we then uh we're remaking remaking the bar Mm -hmm. we're we're tearing it down and we've turned it into something obviously completely different for a good for a good reason and we come with the name the minara yeah which um cleverly is the light that guides the ships to morocco right essentially a lighthouse if you will but the lighthouse would not necessarily work there also if i may add very close to the hebrew menorah (laughs) it is it is which happens in the uh semitic languages words sound similar (laughs) it's very nice menorah menorah let's call the whole thing off yeah <laughs> boy what? imagine bringing that to the israel israel palestinian conflict yeah menorah, menorah. Nah, let's have a bagel yeah let's uh let's yeah come well, on let's have some pita come on can come we on. Can look, get in here come on you uh so um i i do say i i will say that the bar looked dope yeah the remodel was really amazing the place i would hang there um maybe uh Nah, I'd hang there. Fuck it. Um, the bar looks pretty dope. They redo it. They keep calling him Mr. John. Yep. The entire time. Always Mr. John. Because you always, even if you hate the person, you have to show the sign of respect. You do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which it's always funny because like in my – this is just kind of a little sidebar about the Mr. John. Like I've found that a lot of where I teach – a lot of the uh, black parents and uh, black kids will call me Mr. Jim. So you're always saying Mr. in front of, the, for your teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, which is so strange because when you work in a private school and shit like that, they there is no Mr. No one is Mr. or Mrs. Oh, at all. Really? All first names? All Everyone's first names. Wow. You, you know, I mean, shit, when I was in school, it was Mr. Uh, it was Mr. Mr. Peacock, last name, or Mrs. Uh, last name. Mrs. Biles. Like these are the teachers that I had, you know. So no, now it's just that's crazy. It's wild, man. Because now I'm well past high school age, but when referring to high school, I still talked about Mr. Thaxton, Mr. Samsell, Mr. Pasanic. Like yep. the idea of calling them with their first names is so foreign to me. And and you know it's so funny because like in those public schools, it's such a sign of disrespect yeah. if you called your teacher by her first name. <gasps> Ooh. Right. So, as a little little sidebar into the formalities of uh, what you'd call people, uh, they yeah they still insist on calling him Mister John, and John just runs with it. Doesn't yeah. correct him though, Never which w- is nice. Why would you turn down a show of uh, respect? 
for the tag. No. But, and it also, and this is kind of the romanticizing of it, is that John is accepting of their culture. And says, hey. How very open-minded. Yeah, I'd like to think John's a very progressive man. And, you know, I'm sure is very happy about the advent of all the rights that we have now today, especially the accepting of other cultures. I'm sure. Right. So, uh, we then cut to uh, six weeks later. Oh, uh, well, before, you know, oh. they've, you know, they've opened, they're having a big success. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a shot of one of the bartenders lighting drinks on fire, and I wish they had showed us what that was, because <laughs> they, A, they love doing that. We've had a lot of drinks in the last few weeks of them, like, lighting the garnish on fire to really extract the oils and the essence yeah, out, yeah. which I'm and, assuming is what she was doing. And also, you know, for presentation's sake, all How that. How cool is it to see a bartender with fire? Yeah, controlled, safe manner. Correct. Controlled, safe manner. You are correct. Um, so they, uh, so they do that. And but what's weird about that is, is that they, you'd think that if there was a drink being lit on fire, that they would have focused on that earlier during our, you know, drink introduction, like the yeah. drink porn section that was lack of porn. But you'd think they'd talk about the fact that there was... That we're going to be lighting stuff up. We're going to be sparking shit. So buckle in, party yeah. people. Nope. None of that. Not this go around. So um, actually, sidebar, I remember a friend of mine used to be a bartender and uh, me and my other friend went in and got lit and he was lighting these drinks cherry pie that was the name of the drink cherry pie he was lighting them on fire and then they tasted like actual cherry pie and uh it was really good um we were so drunk that we tried to blow out the fire and we couldn't because we just you can't blow out shit when you're drunk like it's i don't know it's very difficult yeah i don't know why there's no science i'm sure there is but no rhyme or reason i don't know what it is um so as we then get to our relaunch, or I'm sorry, like the six weeks later, where are they now? Up 72 grand, which is great. Killing it. Because the strategy of giving away the sauce, no good. Who? I hope Gazi learned a valuable lesson that when you charge money for items, you actually make money yeah. in your business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll totally, and that's and that's across the board to not just bars and restaurants. Let's say I opened a uh, grocery store. Yeah. Uh, let's say I want to open a hardware store. True. You know, uh, if I charge, if I charge money for those things, I'll make more money. What Which you is get, what? Where'd you get your MBA? Uh, well, you know, uh, uh, Spike TV. Yep. And it's interesting that now I don't know if John would have relayed that analogy but i think it's a pretty poignant one it's just like gazi i can't go to macy's with the business idea of just hey look we made all these shirts right let's just start giving all these shirts away and then eventually someone's gonna buy the shirt yep they don't do that and also the other thing interesting well i don't know if there's uh, uh some correlation but it's like when you attach a price to something then it gives it value like if i I'm just giving away drinks. You're not going to respect it. No. So you're like, yeah, man, I'm getting a bunch of free shit. Right. Hell yeah. Why do you think no one complained about all the all the dishes and the lack of tagine and the peanuts before? It's like, well, it's all free. Yeah. How do you complain about free shit? Of course, man. That's just what it is. Um, so, uh, you know, 
obviously cats out so we don't have like our uh it won't be as thorough of a post bar inspection but we are now at the point where we're gonna do the our shattered glass review yeah because we've pretty much we ripped through this and not by any uh measure of our lack of uh coverage we just there was it's well i'll get into it with my review yeah you know i feel like this this missed out on a lot of storyline there really wasn't an emotional through line no the brothers fought okay everyone fights in bar rescue that's why you're on the show we didn't know oh. anything about oh. um i was gonna rewind the tape uh just real quick so that for anyone who's listening that's new the shattered glass review is where we take the episode and on a scale of one being one shattered glass being a shitty episode five being john you're on fire magnum opus magnum opus if you will uh that so that's a rating system um so max what are you giving this i I gotta say this was a very problematic episode like i mentioned there wasn't the emotional through line other than they bicker we didn't learn anything about the bartenders or louvet we didn't even get to anyone in the kitchen no other than they cross-contaminate i mean but i don't think the chef got in one word in edgewise at all so we didn't know we didn't really get to know anyone. No. It was, uh, I don't know. I like that there was the big transformation. Everyone did get on their game. Is pouring cool drinks. It's a nicer space now, but that's always what John does. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's the equivalent to the hummus and pita. Right, the restaurant. from peanuts ex- to olives. That's what you should do. I expect you to turn this place around. That is given. What more do you give me? You know. Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't like the heart to heart where they just said, "All right, we're gonna try more, and I will respect you, and we'll try things your way." Like that's not enough of an emotional connection. Nah, man, I need tears. I, I want- need tears. I need real family like- breakthroughs. Right, uh, the always sunny in Portland episode. Yeah, right? that was a real breakthrough. Yeah, that was beautiful. That was nice, man. Nothing happened except, hey, all right, I see your point. Oh, okay, I see your point too. All right, no. Habibi. Uh, so what are you what are you gonna give this one? I was not a fan. Also, I gotta say, too much on the plugging of a show that's not yours. I know it's mm. your, your network, and you have to represent, and you all have to support each other. You're on the same team, but that five minutes, I really feel like that those five minutes about what it was like to film Tut could have been used to give backstory to some of these characters. Well, v- valid point. Very valid point. Um, as opposed to giving us a little infomercial. So, John, you did your job. You turned this around. It's doing a lot better now. Tut seemed to have been a big success as well, and I believe John had a hand in that as well because John turns everything he touches into gold. Correct. Um, but in terms of the strength of the episode on its own, not a fan, not a strong one. I had to go two and a quarter. Two and Oof. a quarter shattered glasses. 2.5 shattered glasses. 2.25. Oh, it's, oh, I'm sorry. 2.25. Yeah. Yee, two and a half. Just because right. I can't stand to give a good guy, you know, good bar, a two star, two shattered glass rating. That's a hard, hard rating. Mm. But just a, just a hair above. Well. Um, just a hair above. The one hair that was in the <laughs> appetizer plate. Yes. Just the single strand of hair that existed because, and that was, I'm sure the, the, the editor was just like, well, we got to spice this up. Um. Put a hair in that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Put a hair in there. Wait, so could we, we not have gotten a shot of the chef not having a hair nut or anything back there? Yeah, so None. I guess just put a hair in it. So, uh, where was I? Oh, my review. My Shattered Glass review. Uh, 
Yeah, man. I was not pumped about this episode. Um, very flat. It was very almost. Now I'm not. I, I no shots fired here, but like very law and ordery, like very predictable. There was nothing that was like whoa. The, the I closest wasn't I would argue. In. The closest big surprise was Mia losing her mind. Yeah, sending the girl home. That was surprising. That was fun. It was fun to watch, but just like you're saying, like the storyline wasn't there. I couldn't connect with either of those two dudes. No. Like it just seemed like they were both bumbling idiots. Who were like, well, I don't know how we got all this money, but might as well just buy a bar, and I'll give away everything, and then you'll be mad at me, and then we'll fight, and we'll be stereotypes, and it'll be great. So, two. Two shattered you, you glasses. Went there. I did. Down to the two. Fuck that, man. I hear you. I it hear was you. just not... I mean, it, it was hard for me to get through this one. I mean, there wasn't even, there wasn't even a hot wife. Not, no, I, you'd get you would get a two and a half if there was a hot wife involved. No hot where, wife. Where involved. was this? Where was this woman? The the that made them brother brothers in law. It's weird. They keep when they have this in law situation. The person that's connecting these people, they're not there, and I don't get it. I don't I don't understand. Get in the mix, in laws. Yeah, or like give. Well, that'd be the thread. But you know that probably end up being a like different episode as to yeah. their person that person's insight. So. Yeah, man, um, I'm giving it a two. Although Gazelli was very attractive. She was. Um, I was with it, but no focus, man. No, nope, Where's the true. focus? Uh, we, uh, so we have, um, again, we're not doing a good uh, 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 post game of the bar. We can do that. I did. I did some of the the recon. Oh, you did. Oh, okay. I, I did my own recon. Okay. So the bar. Yeah. Go. Go ahead. What do you got? Minara has since gone back to the palace, featuring the bar Minara. So it's still so like it's still half in there. The great Catherine Williams. Yeah. Actually went on their Facebook and said, "Why did you guys go back? Why did you change your name back?" And someone liked it. <laughs> yeah. The palace liked it. What? The palace's Facebook page liked it. Oh and, my God. Uh, what? So, all right, so go it's ahead. still, but it's still. If you go to the Facebook page, it's still very active. Their Yelp reviews are all actually very positive. Oh, good. They've really turned their game around. And if you go to their Facebook, I can't tell if it was one party or if it was different parties over time. But they have Facebook videos of a really bumping party. Oh, good. They have uh, a singer. They have a performer on that performance space. It's packed. Drinks are flowing. I don't know if Gazi's charging for them. Yeah, that's a that's a good uh, indicator. I and tell. it's uh. Really, it's just packed. It's full. Everyone's having a good time. Uh, and then, like I said, they're going by the palace featuring the bar Minara. Something to that effect. Like, Minara is still in there, but they are officially right. the palace. And, they, of course, they have the Bar Rescue website that they gave them that is uh, non-operable. Of course. Of course. Uh, their own website is lackluster, saying it's coming soon. Yeah, they're always coming um, soon, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's weird. Uh, Ghazali got married oh. at the palace featuring the bar Minara. <laughs> and I'm very, sure very that, happy for her. that was a fiscal decision. Probably. Yeah. They probably had a nice sweetheart deal there. Um, well, yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the only additional recap I had was that Catherine went on and voiced her opinion. Yeah. Said, Why her. did you change the name back? Why did you do it? And she was very nice about it. She didn't really grill them or go after them, but let, uh, her, let her mind be known. So, yeah, that's um, that's the episode, man. Um, again, two and two and a quarter. You know, it's our duty 
we bring in the highs and the lows. You know, like I can't. Uh, in good faith, I couldn't misrepresent this uh, this episode because it's not fair yeah. to you, listener, if we do that, right? It'd be unfair. But also, we are about, I believe, uh, about a third way through the season. Yeah. Right? Third, maybe to a halfway through the season, right? We're nine episodes in. This is nine episodes, and there's... Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, sometimes you just can't win them all. They're not, yeah, look, you know, we're not we're not all bad in a thousand. I mean, as as infallible as John is... We all still fuck up sometimes. I know that's a little contradictory, but you understand what I meant. No, um, no one's perfect. No. So, again, uh, we want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, of course, you can go find us at shutitdownpodcast at gmail.com. Send us emails there. For God's sakes, shoot us an email. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think. We'd love to see what your reviews are. We'll read. If you email us a review, we'll definitely shout you out and tell you, uh, we'll, we'll tell the throngs of listeners what's going on with your, your take on it. Um, we're on Stitcher now. Great. So if you are not with iTunes, we still got you. We'll still get you out on Stitcher. Uh, and also you can find us at Shut It Down Recap uh, and Twitter. Follow us there. We always update uh, when we're going to post our episodes, and we always I always hashtag Taffer Talk. Nice. Just see if we can pick up some extra extra buzz. Um, so yeah, uh, again, if you want to find me, I'm at Jim Search on Twitter, and also you can go to JimSearchComedy.com. Uh, if you have a time machine, you can travel back to tonight, which is Tuesday. I'll be at the Greenwich Comedy Club at 9:30. Uh, so if you have that time machine, go there. Uh, this Saturday, I'll be at Gotham at for their 11 o'clock show in the basement. Sweet. So go do that. Um, that's my plugs. Max, tell people where to find you and anything you got coming up. Yeah, again, you can find me uh, on Facebook and Twitter at This Is Max Cohen, and you can catch me out uh, Saturday afternoon as I send emails to get, <laughs> to get things going on. There you go, man. It'll be a very exciting Saturday. So uh, that you can find us. And, of course, Catherine, we miss you. Where were you? We hope you feel better. She had a cold. Yeah. Had a cold. You can find her at Kath Weems, K-A-T-H-W-E-E-M-S. Yes. Uh, you can find her there. And she's always busy. Like, she's always very modest about it, but she's always got, like, 900 shows. She's doing great things. She's doing big things, man. So go look for her. And, of course, find us and go drink responsibly. And then when you do, make sure you shut it down. Bye. <laughs>